0: Hello, I am your guest host. My name is Caitlin Lm Today, Tara Minton is chatting to Rob Barron and Quentin Collins about their new album, All The Way, from their band Five Way Split. But first, the title track, All The Way. This was released last week on March 17th. Enjoy. to the Jazz Podcast. My name is Tara Minton and I am here with Quentin Collins and Rob Barron. Good morning guys.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here.
0: We've just been discussing what we're having uh, as our morning beverages and Rob is being true to his Yorkshire roots.
1: Yorkshire gold all the way. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: <laughs> so Quentin and Rob, you're a uh, Your names that I'm sure most of our listeners, particularly in the UK, will know, Um, you've released, well, you're releasing a new album on the 9th of May. Can you tell us about this record?
2: Well, it's actually, it's coming out on the 17th of March on Ubuntu Music, which is, I think, coming up very soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're doing our launch gig at the Pizza Express Soho on May the 9th, which is very exciting. This is a band that's been together a couple of years and um we uh we actually formed during the lockdown period and when we, musicians like all three of us would have had a lot more time um to actually get our creative claws into such a project and um we kind of went from there really there was a sort of a weekly get-together um practice stroke uh <laughs> pub session which uh sort of formed the backbone of our um sound and um since uh, mu- music live music came back we've been performing regularly and uh, this is the combination of that really so that's um, that's kind of a little bit of background to the five-way split um history so far
0: it's brilliant do you remember that time when you could only meet if it was for business and so all the musicians were booking studios to get together for a hang
2: well it's funny that you should say that because that's exactly what we did and um there was a time before that where obviously that they hadn't sort of ascertained that that was a, a feasible way around it um when we were sort of meeting in the gaps um um meanwhile our our um our courageous leader was of course stretching the his own rules um but yeah during that particular period which i think was the second lockdown of the end of 2020 into 2021 when you could meet for business meetings, in parentheses, in um, uh, speech marks, we were getting together pretty much every week, weren't we, Rob? And uh, honing our uh, material, original and arrangements.
1: Yes, so we were meeting up every week. Um, Initially, it was just me and Quentin that met up in a duo uh, form, and then we uh, we got bigger from there. Um, Initially, just playing a hard rock material And then as much went on, um, we started bringing original compositions, and that led to the album recording in uh, 2021.
0: And Rob, you wrote a tune called "Flattening the Curve," which I found quite fun.
1: I know that's one of Quentin's.
0: Oh, Quentin's! (laughs) Apologies.
2: No, that's okay. Uh, I mean, there's two. There's actually two. If you, if you, uh, for the eagle-eyed amongst the uh, the album. uh, Um, uh, purchases um, there's two which have uh, very obvious um, connections to the pandemic which actually funnily enough two years later seem a little bit dated in in their titles which I guess is a relief I suppose but flattening the curve is probably the most obvious of the two yet Mm -hmm. another one being asymptomatic which was a sort of asymptomatic was a buzzword wasn't it at one point Um, especially earlier on in in the pandemic and then you know if you combine a, a, a musical term with a, a pandemic term, this is what you get. It's
0: fantastic. I also really love the arrangement of All the Way. Well, thank you. The horn writing in it is
1: superb. Well, thanks. I mean, that was, um, obviously, there's the Frank Sinatra version. That's probably the most popular version of that. And obviously, it's a very smotchy, kind of ballad, ballad um, tempo. Um, but as with previous kind of arrangements I've done for a trio setting, I wanted to do something completely different with that. So, so what we've got in the album is a more of an up-tempo, uh, hard, hard-bop version, I guess, of that um, with a few kind of alterations in the harmony. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it.
0: As a quintet, you're trying to keep alive the energy of the kind of New York hard-bop scene. Do you feel like the jazz scene in London and the U.K. is moving slightly away from that? Do you feel like it's important to make sure that it remains?
1: I think there's more straight-ahead jazz happening in London than, than there was, say, 10 or 15 years ago, actually. I think there's more young people getting into playing you know, swing and bebop. There's um, certainly some, a lot more sessions that, that support that. Um, it's interesting because I think London is kind of uh, in a unique position where we're kind of in the middle of being in the European scene and then there's obviously people influenced by the New York scene as well. So, um, but we're certainly going for that more American sound. Mm. And influenced by that.
0: So there's this quote on your album by Johnny Griffin. Jazz is a music made by and for people who have chosen to feel good in spite of conditions.
2: Well, I guess in a way it sort of reflects um, where the band came from. Um, In other words, or the period we came from, you know, it it was a band formed during a, a time when there were little or no opportunities to actually perform for musicians and most musicians were wondering what on earth was going to happen, like like we all were, like the, the entire population. Um, so, you know, we were getting together on a basis of, um, not not really the basis of let's get a band together, but the basis of let's get together and, and do what we do and remember who we are. Because, you know, uh, when you're not performing, you're not playing, it's hard to maintain your identity as a, as an artist and a musician. So I guess that's what that phrase, it kind of resonates in that respect. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of like um, a, a nod to to where the band or when the band was formed, as well as you know it's a classic jazz quote, really. Um, you know, Griffin was one of those musicians that always you, you could always tell that it, it, the music was part of his soul, as as all the great artists that we love um, had the same kind of vibe, and um, and that's how, how we're trying to communicate the music too.
0: Yeah. It's a really poignant thing that you say, the loss of identity, because I think we all really struggled with that. Mm. Was there anything outside of music that gave you an anchor? Was there anything that you discovered?
2: Mm. That's a good question. Um, well, anything spring to mind, mate?
1: Uh, I guess just be, be grateful for, um, and I think as musicians, we although we couldn't, Play together I think it was a time that we could actually still create you know we could still create we could still write I had more time than I ever had to to practice Um, so I think the fact that we could kind of just get on with our thing um, and, and still still create stuff without kind of having that opportunity to play obviously but I was I was kind of grateful that that I had a piano to play.
2: (laughs) That's a fair comment I think it was a time for reflection wasn't it especially that first lockdown um in fact only that first lockdown because after that it just became super frustrating that we weren't back to our you know back at work and, and in our schedules but you know, in that first lockdown, there was a, a, I suppose, a sort of a blissful period for everybody that where we were able to actually rest, recuperate, and reflect—the uh, three R's. <laughs> there you go. That was a complete coincidence. And <laughs> um, and I, uh, I, yeah, certainly, I felt. You know, like Bob said, you know, you, d- you certainly feel a, a, an amount of gratitude that you're able to sit at the piano and, and compose, or whatever your chosen instrument is. And um, beyond that, just uh what, what I mean, for, for, on a personal note, um, I'm quite into um, fitness and things like that. As lots of people got into that during lockdown, I suppose it was a time for me to to rediscover that kind of thing. You know, um, a simple walk in the park or <laughs> a run around the block, that kind of stuff, which, which I've always been into anyway. But yeah, uh, nothing specific. Uh, I play quite a lot of chess. Chess? Did some reading, <laughs> some composing, you know, a little bit sooner.
0: Yeah. I got really into gardening.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And we had such a beautiful summer, didn't we, Uh, 2020?
0: I know. I know. I really felt for people who were living in, you know, apartment buildings.
2: Well, especially with families, you know, uh, young families, that would have been the worst.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I had my son, but he was, what was he, almost 14. So he was... 11 going on 12, and but he was actually not too bad because we didn't have a garden at that stage. We do now, um, you know, yeah. But, I mean, if you had a family of, like, four kids who were all under the age of 10 or something and you don't have a garden, it must have been absolutely hell. So that's something to be grateful for, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, once we got over the existential angst of the whole thing, it was a nice pause, that first lockdown.
2: First one, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was
1: the second one I found harder because... Mm. we're all thinking that by christmas it might it might be over but it was that second lockdown from kind of january till may that i find Mm. it kind of tough really Mm. because it just kind of got going and then then it was locked down for another five months so
2: yeah that was that
1: was a tough one for me
0: and things have come back with a vengeance now for both of you
1: yeah pretty much yeah pretty much I mean there's there's for me there's slightly less traveling abroad um than there was before but um, but yeah, you know, the scene the scene is thriving again. Um and I think it's in a good place and it's good to see some projects come to fruition like the one that we've recorded as well and and get get it out there place and place in peace across the country.
0: Because it's been quite a while because you recorded this in two thousand and twenty one. Mm. And you're releasing it on the 17th of march um is there a reason why you decided now was the
2: time uh well actually um it takes quite a while to do things properly um if you're really going to take a, an album release seriously i think you've got to take each step you know um as it comes but also <laughs> to, to 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 put it succinctly when there's five people who are Uh, not necessarily the band leader and there's five band leaders you've got a committee of five to to discuss matters and and take the initiative so yes it perhaps takes a little longer under those circumstances
0: yeah and you've got um well some gigs booked so you're playing the fleece jazz club and you're playing uh
2: we we have a we have a fairly decent gig list now which probably we haven't published as yet but um starting Uh, We've got a couple in in May and over the summer, but particularly in the autumn, um, we will get round to publishing that in time. We're still booking a few bits and bobs, you know, and trying to get the regional spread a little bit more um, favourable and interesting, which is tough because, you know, um, uh, venues book well in advance these days. So, Mm. you know, there'll be gig stretching into 2024 to promote uh, this release all the way um which sorry it's called all the way <laughs> not all the way promoted and um <laughs> um yeah so uh, i would say probably we've got about uh, ten, probably double figures now in the book 10 or so um right. we're just waiting on confirmation of a few more you know the usual the usual kind of um uh, the usual regional gigs but we're trying to obviously just extend it as much as possible it's tr- it's tricky without the funding situation to get a band with five people on the road and um without losing an enormous amount of money so mm. we're trying to obviously uh put money in our pockets at the same time as as playing the music we love it's a it's a tough one which is why we all work freelancers as, as i'm sure you do yourself and um we've all got various other projects and this is more i wouldn't call it a labor of love because that would be disrespecting how seriously we're taking the project but it's certainly you know um It's not one that's uh, if we were doing only this project would pay the bills right now. But that's the aim is to get there.
0: Yeah. I was trying to explain the fee scale of being a musician to a non-musician friend and talking about, you know, how some gigs you get paid an absolute ridiculous fee to sit in a corner and play for a bit. And then the gigs, you know, some concerts that can be sold out in a club in the middle of nowhere and the fee that you get basically paid for your petrol to get there, mm. but obviously those are the ones that we love and live for.
2: Well, you have to balance it, don't you? It's, it's yeah. a constant balance being an artist of, of any, I think, in any discipline. But um, you know, um, if I think if you only did the gigs where you're being paid a fortune to play play to a bunch of people who aren't listening, if you only did those, you would probably go mad if you were uh, an artist with integrity. And if uh, but if you're able to balance those with the the ones which really are rewarding um from an artistic and cultural point of view um and a social point of view because it's also really nice to get out and meet people who genuinely love your music yeah Um, and i think you're doing well you're doing all right yeah
1: every jazz club's got a different budget and it's important to to realize that some clubs have got funding and they they can pay pay more than others so it's it, it's handy if you can get a, a run of gigs that are close to each other geographically, and that kind of helps in, in a way. But yeah, you know, it depends what what relationship you have with your instrument, really, doesn't it? I mean, if you if you want to just do creative gigs and and do the gigs with projects, then maybe you have to do more teaching or something like that. It really depends um, what your relationship is with your instrument.
0: Yeah, it's never dull.
2: No, yes. except for that second lockdown. But we're <laughs> talking yes. oh about that now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's forget forget about that.
1: I mean, I, I guess we have to remember as well that all the greats did all those good background gigs too. You know, Hank Jones did solo piano gigs. Um, Cedar Walton and Ron Carter used to play little duo gigs at the Knickerbocker, and you know these were these were background gigs, and, and we're talking about. The, you know, the, the masters of the music, so i have never shun, a, shun the opportunity to play, to play great song, songbook tunes either, you know, mm. because um, you know, there's, there's a lot of enjoyment and growth to have from that too.
0: I've played some great background gigs with burning musicians. We, we've had a fantastic time and nobody else, you know, none of the people at the party had any idea of what magic was happening. But for us, it was brilliant. Sometimes you get that.
2: Well, often the pressure's off when you're not, when you when you're, uh, uh, c- conscious of the fact that no one's listening.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, hopefully you will have sold out the 9th of March and everybody will be listening.
2: 9th of May. Oh, no, I'm certain.
0: 9th of May, 17th of March, 9th of May.
2: 17th of March release, I've been to music all the way. <laughs>
0: released at all platforms is it going to be released on vinyl as well or
2: i think we we, we've had a discussion and um in actual fact i've had a a number of people approaching me privately asking um if that's the case Mm -hmm. which makes you think twice about not doing it so it's a possibility we've we've actually had the cds now for a, a a couple of months, and it's it seems so archaic, doesn't it? P- printing out a thousand CDs, but in actual fact, the there is an audience for CD. CD sales are up this year, last year rather, and um, if you get out on the road as we are, you can you can still sell them. It's amazing, you know, in this day and age. um But so yeah, it's available on CD, all streaming platforms, and and maybe watch this space about the vinyl.
0: Fantastic. Well, Quentin and Rob, thank you so much for your time.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure
1: great great stuff thanks for having me
0: thank you so much for listening to the jazz podcast this track is called out of wayne's bag